This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money, Sirius XM's Channel 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. And Kent Smith is a professor at the Wharton campus in Philadelphia. Remember, we are live every Tuesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 2 to 3 p.m. for those of you on the West Coast. And the purpose of the show is simply to help you make better decisions with your money. So you know the drill. Now's the time to give me a call here at 1-844-WHARTON. That's one 844 uh, 942-7866. It's uh, it, Wharton spelled like the school, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. And you can also connect with me online by going to my website, uh, kentonmoney.com. Uh, and so today I'm joined by Allison Alexander, who's a financial advisor at Savant Capital Management in Rockford, Illinois, and also co-founder member of the firm's uh, Women's Wealth Initiative uh, Committee. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thank you, Ken. It's nice to be here with you. And uh, let's uh, talk about kind of financial plan for for women. As you know, it is obviously not uh, as many uh, 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 female uh, advisors out there. So there's already this kind of imbalance in the profession. I actually haven't kept up with the numbers in the last couple of years. Uh, what is the current share? Do you, do you know about how many like uh, female financial advisors are kind of are female versus male? Um, I do. And in fact, yes, we're very underrepresented in the industry. Um, Women represent about 23% of all certified financial planning practitioners. Um, So, you know, it's it's our goal um, not only to, you know, uh, serve our female population of clients, but also as an advisory team, we try to help the primarily male advisors in our firm um, stay up to date and current in the way in which they serve their female clients. Sure, yeah. So you try to help men understand women. It's it's impossible. It's just not <laughs> not possible, Allison. My my wife's been trying for years, but no, you know, seriously. Uh, it, but it's also true that a lot of people seeking advice are in fact uh, females. I think I saw a statistic at one point. It's either the nudge effect or, you know, uh, many of those who are actually proactive and actually seeking out a financial advisor are are actually females. So so. Having this imbalance is certainly a good thing to address over time. So let's talk about financial planning in particular for 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 women. Is it really different from from men? I'll talk about risk aversion and tolerance and things like that. There's a lot of academic studies on that. Uh, where do you see the differences really kind of emerging uh, between how maybe women uh, conceptualize money or plan for the future, the constraints on they feel on themselves, uh, kind of uh, versus men? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, I think the advice we deliver is essentially the same, but perhaps the way in which we deliver it or package it might differ. Um, You know, women tend to view the advisory relationship as just that, a relationship and not a transactional um, situation. So is is it different? Is our advice different? No, um, probably not. But, you know, at Savant, uh, we're well equipped to customize financial planning for each of our clients, not necessarily according to gender. Um, so I think we're we're unique in that sense. I do think Savant is very well equipped 
to recognize where populations are underserved and, and female clients are definitely underserved. You know, women are busy. You know, they, they um, are starved for time due to multiple responsibilities for home and work. And right. they want to partner with an advisor who can map out options, discuss the pros and cons of each of them, and help them make the best, most informed decision. Yeah. I mean, some of the differences that we see uh, in, in some studies is that often, you know, women are not just thinking about themselves, and even uh, they're often thinking about the extended, extended family, so they often they feel some more pressure. Of course, we know from mortality tables that women live about four years uh, longer, so there's a longer stretch to, you know, plan for. But, you know, a big issue, and there's been tons of studies, including people in my department here at Wharton have looked at this, is, is the risk-taking, and in particular, differences in risk tolerance uh, between, uh, by, by genders or over 35 peer-reviewed uh, studies on just this issue alone. In particular, women uh, are typically less likely to take on additional risk. Do you see that? And, and if so, then how, how do you guys kind of, you know, given that you're saying you want to, you know, except for controlling for differences in lifetime, you know, ex- expected mortality, things like that, if you're trying to give out that's kind of the same plan, um, essentially, regardless of gender, how do you kind of deal with that situation and, you know, to try to encourage more risk taking? Well, you know, um, I, th- I think that uh, once once women become educated as to what to expect from different investments, yeah. um, namely volatility, you know, um, stocks, of course, are going to return more, but you want to be able to sleep at night. So how much risk can you afford to take? How much risk are you willing to take? Those are two entirely different questions. Right. Um, and right. I think that once women have clarity over those two options and those two situations and better understand what to expect in the way of volatility, um, they're more willing to take risks, more mm-hmm. willing to expose themselves to higher returns but greater volatility. You know, when individuals become more educated, they tend to make better decisions. Sure, and I, I definitely believe education is part of it. I, uh, you know, I won't belabor this issue too much. About a year ago, there's an additional study done here at in this case in the, in the hospital system uh, where they gave uh, both both genders um, uh, a test in terms of risk uh, willingness to take risk and other decision making and then um, a randomized control got you know a, a, sh- a shot of testosterone and the, the other one got a placebo and they found that those who got a shot of testosterone were willing to take more risk uh, later but they were typically dumb decisions that they were willing to take and so um, it it was a commentary on on, on uh, the male gender, I suppose, that we're wow. why, why we're we're more likely to make dumb decisions. But no, seriously, uh, it, it's it is interesting um, that and there's been a lot of studies on you know how how to try to uh, deal with the difference in risk aversion. But you're saying it, you find that it's just mainly about education, not about uh, anything more than that. I, I think education is extremely important, and that's yeah. one of the reasons with our Women's Wealth Initiative we host 
three events a year. We write a blog on our website yeah. for issues that are specific to women. Um, you know, we, we had a wealth psychology expert come and speak to our group about sure. having better conversations about money, you know, not only with your family, your friends, but of course your employer. Um, so, you know, we, we try to combine some educational content along with some networking yeah. so that there's a supportive environment and atmosphere for um, women to make informed, you know, educated decisions about their financial lives. No, I think that's incredible. So, I mean, we, some other literature that I'm familiar with it talks about men are more likely to, than women to ask for a pay increase, and how yeah. that that is, for example, often perceived uh, by by an employer or kind of respected coming from men, but not as much from women. There's some you know things that have to you know c- certainly change o- over time. So, again, speaking um, uh, uh, with Allison Alexander, who is a financial advisor, Savat Capital Management, uh, doing a great job answering. Uh, answer my questions, but if you have a question for her um, uh, about, you know, may, maybe you're female trying to negotiate a pay increase or just other things at your work, uh, give us a call here at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. And so what are some of the common concerns that you see uh, a female clients have? And certainly, you know, there's, like you said, sometimes they're re-entering the workforce, things like that. Yes. Um, Ken, you know, it's interesting because um, whether a client has, you know, a million dollars or $10 million, I'd say a common thread or theme that I hear mm. is concern about running out of money, yeah. you know, becoming a bag lady. And when we can um, illustrate, you know, using financial projections, um, how they're spending, how their longevity, how they're spending specifically on health care, um, or charitable giving affects their financial plan, they can approach their situation with a lot more clarity and confidence. Um, so, so we help with that. Other questions that crop up are how to best prepare for retirement, um, need for downsizing, providing for long-term care, mm. um, charitable giving is always a topic of conversation, legislative changes and how they might have affected their financial plan. I mean, most notably tax reform at the end of 2017. Yeah. And then most recently, the SECURE Act, How yeah. what impact that has on their financial plans. Those have all been topics of conversation. Yeah, and certainly, you know, uh, uh, when to claim Social Security benefits, really, uh, and how to optimize that, either as a spousal benefit or not, um, is often very uh, useful as well. Uh, so, so tell me a little bit more about the Women's Wellness Initiative that you guys at Savant yeah. created. Yeah, thank you. So, so um, this this started as a grassroots movement, um, mm-hmm. along with two other female advisors here in the Rockford office. Um, we started this program because we recognized that women had a real hunger for financial um, information. I have a personal interest in it since I'm divorced, and I've been a CPA for decades. Sure. Yet, when undergoing divorce, I felt very uncertain about the decisions I was making because they had such long-term consequences. Um, so, I want to make sure that you know women get the information they need to make informed decisions. Mm. Um, in in 2018, we formalized the program and spread it company-wide. We renamed it to Women's Wealth Initiative. You know, it's a unique opportunity for our company to be more inclusive by helping not only educate our current clients, but also by being a driving force to educate and 
inspire more women in all the communities we serve. We have 16 offices, and by um, spreading this initiative among um, the company, you know, we're reaching many more people with it. Yeah, and I often find that believe that you mentioned divorce. I mean, that that's one of the areas I think women often get really the 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 short end here is is a divorce. They've often been away from the workforce and making these big home investments, and then you know face a divorce. And often, you know, let's face it: when you've been away from the workforce, your human capital, your market worth is not going to be as valuable. Now you have to go back to work, and it's 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 very punitive. Uh, what would you suggest to women who are going through a divorce uh, or recently divorced? Are, are there some things that you kind of learn from that and, you know, things that, some tips that, you know, that they should keep in mind? Sure, absolutely. I think that having a team um, of advisors is most important. And on that team is obviously, you know, the quarterback, the divorce attorney. But um, it's been my experience that, um, you know, divorce attorneys may or may not consider the after-tax consequences of a financial settlement. So you want to make sure that you also involve your financial advisor. You're also going to need new estate documents. So an estate attorney um, would be terrible important. I mean, everything's going to change your insurance, perhaps your living situation. You know, you, you really need someone to walk through that transaction with you every step of the way and provide some sound um, advice along the way. Yeah. And, and, um, and but what about going back to work? I, I actually think, you know, not to harp on this thing too much, but it's so punitive in, in, in some ways of, you know, a divorce on women when they've been out of the, in some cases, been out of the workforce, you know, making that investment at home. And then, you know, chances are that you're going to have to go back to the workforce because, you know, right. the alimony is not going to co- cover that. It's, how do you, neg- how do you do that? I mean, that's, that, it seems yeah. like challenging. Yeah, that's that's um, a great point. You know, for for women who have stayed home and and performed a lot of unpaid domestic labor, yeah. whether managing the home or the children, um, it's terribly important to take the skills that you've developed during that period of time, yeah. um, and those could be in a charitable um, organization. Uh, where you've multitasked and put on, you know, larger significant events or fundraising events. Right. Um, and those those skills really can be transferable. I have helped women um, by reviewing their resume. Um, I've helped them evaluate different job offers. Um, I've helped them or encouraged them to negotiate, you know, for higher salaries. And yeah. um, it's really it's really rewarding to see um, women, uh, you know, educate themselves and develop and be proud of themselves right. for everything they accomplish. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. We'll end on that, but it's, uh, you know, just really understanding that, yes, you are maybe, you know, investing in the home front, but you are still building skills that you should be bragging about uh, as you go back to work and making sure that that gets onto the resume. That's, that's a fantastic point. Allison, thanks so much for coming on. That was great. Oh, sure. Sure. Thanks for having me. And if you want to learn more about Allison Alexander, her firm, Savant Capital Management, you can look at uh, their website, which is savantcapital.com. And uh, that's S-A-V as in Victor, A-N-T, capital.com. And their Twitter handle is at Savant uh, Tweets, but with one T instead of Savant Tweets. All right. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 